We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you that you are good and your mercies endure forever. We thank you for your provision, your protection, your guidance, your counsel. We thank you that you rule and reign in the affairs of our lives. We thank you that you are the one who holds the keys of David. You open doors that no one can shut, and you shut doors that no one can open. We thank you that you not give up on us. We thank you that you leave the 99 to come after the one. We thank you for choosing us. We thank you for accepting us. We thank you for loving us. We pray that may Christ alone be accepted and be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank God for yet another opportunity. And as long as he has qualified us to see another 24 hours, he will work the works of him who has saved us. And we accomplish it tonight. Hopefully, our study will be a bit brief and lovely. The part five of for our learning, we have been perusing the fruits in Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Paul writes into the church in Rome and he says that for whatsoever things we are written aforetime, we are written for our learning. So, the reason why God allowed things to be documented was so that we could learn from it. So, then one metaphor that can be used to describe life that life is a school because we are learning how to relate with God. We are learning how to relate with people and we are learning how to live as God wants us to live. So it says that whatsoever things are written at all time, we are written for our learning. That we, through the patience and the comfort of scriptures, we might have hope. So we are just looking at the aspects for our learning. And as I said in the episode one, we are looking at characters in the Bible that did not do things that were worth praising and want to learn from their mistakes. We know Hebrews 6 verse 12 says, Be imitators of those who through faith and patience obtain the promise. So it is important that we learn the success of people, but it's also very important that we learn the mistakes of people because wisdom is not to repeat mistakes. And we have looked at four characters in the Bible that God allowed their stories to be documented to teach us a lesson or two. And we have been learning three lessons from each person. And tonight we are looking at another character and then this will be the last but one then next week God willing we look at the man himself <laughs> so today we want to look at another character from first kings chapter 12 and his story is also in second chronicles chapter 10 we are looking at the last monarch of the united kingdom of israel uki so before ukk <laughs> there was another uk the united kingdom of israel we are looking at the last king of the United Kingdom of Israel, and he was also the first king of the kingdom of Judah, none other than the son of Solomon, the son of David. We are looking at the man who had 18 wives hey, and 60 concubines, and he reigned as a monarch for 17 years. Introducing to you Mr. Rehoboam. So we are looking at Mr. Rehoboam, the King Rehoboam. He had 18 wives, at least I think he did better in court than his father. Solomon had how many wives? 300 wives and 700. I just can't even imagine it. So let's go to 1 Kings chapter 12, Rehoboam. And he succeeded Solomon as king. So he was the grandson of King David, but he was the last king of the United Kingdom of Rehoboam. So we start from the verse number 3, 1 Kings 12, verse number 3. And I read, and the same story in 2 Chronicles 10, and I read, 
So they sent and called him and Rehoboam. So there's Rehoboam and there's Jeroboam. So this is Jeroboam, sorry. So they sent and called and Jeroboam and all the congregation of Israel came and spoke unto Rehoboam, saying, Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now therefore make thou thy grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke which has put upon us lighter, and we would serve thee. And he said unto them, Depart yet for three days, then come again to me. And the people departed. And the king Rehoboam consulted with the old man that stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived, and said, How do you advise I may answer these people? And they said unto him, saying, If thou will be a servant unto these people this day, and will serve them and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. But he forsook the counsel of the old man which he had given him, and consulted with the young men that were grown up that were grown up with him, and which stood before him. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that we may answer these people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which their father did put upon us lighter? And the young men that were grown up with him spoke unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou speak unto the people that speak unto thee, saying, Thy father make our yoke heavier, thy father made our yoke heavy, but make it lighter for us, that thou shalt say unto them, My little finger. Hmm shall be thicker than my father's loins. And now, whereas my father did lead you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father chastened thee with whips. <laughs> I will chastise thee with scorpions. So Rehoboam and all the people came to Jeroboam the third day, as the king had appointed, saying, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people roughly. That's the verse 13. And the king answered the people roughly and forsook the old man counsel that they gave him. Verse 14, And he spoke to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy. I will add to your yoke. My father also chastised you with whips. I will chastise you with scorpions. Therefore, the king hearkened not unto the people. Now let's take note of this. For the cause was from the Lord, that he might perform his saying, which he spoke by Ahadjah the Shilonite unto Rehoboam the son of Nebaot. So when all Israel saw that the king had him hearkened not unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David? Neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse to your tent, O Israel. Now see to thy own house, David. So Israel departed unto their tents. But as for the children of Israel which dwelt in the city of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. We bless God for the reading of his word. It's a very interesting story and Rehoboam is a very interesting character and it's not surprising that he was the son of David. He demonstrated some attributes of David. Now, when Solomon was misbehaving, that is the preceding verse, that's the first Kings um, 11. The first Kings 11 talks about Solomon's wife and how he had turned away from God and how God was going to punish him. And God sent a prophet to tell Solomon when he was in his old age that because he did not hearken unto him, that is God, and follow in the steps of David, the Lord is going to take away the kingdom from him. However, because of David's sake, he will not take the kingdom away from him during Solomon's lifetime, but then he will take it away from him during the lifetime of his son. But he will reserve two 
tribes for him. That is the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. And there were 12 tribes of Israel. So then God was going to divide the kingdom of Israel. That's why Jehovah is the last monarch of the United Kingdom of Israel. So then David's house ended up having only two tribes, Benjamin and Judah. Whereas 10 tribes went on to the Hoboam. And that's what we keep seeing as we read on. You see that Jehoshaphat and Ahab were also kings during the same time. But what does God want us to learn from this? And I think the story of Rehoboam is a very important story, especially for we, the young people, and especially for us that are going to be what? Captains of industries, CEOs, presidents, and the rest. It's a very important advice. It's a very simple advice. It's an advice that we underestimate so often. It's an advice that we see happen over and over and over again. And for some strange reason, we keep repeating the same mistake. So let's learn the first thing. And as we always do, we want to learn three things from this story. The first thing that we want to learn is that Rehoboam was wise enough to seek for advice. And I must admit that that's very fantastic of him. But today we are not looking at the good things about him. We are looking at the things we are not to imitate about him. So the people came to him led by Rehoboam, who used to be like the minister of employment and labor relations and the, like civil service. And he came to tell the king that, your father is dead and we are not saying that give us freedom all we are saying is that reduce our burden for us so if taxes was 50 percent reduce the taxes to 25 percent and when you do this we will be your servants forever and the guy was wise enough to say okay give me three days i don't know why i said three days there must be something about three days because jesus also went to the grave for three days jonah slept in the whale for three days there might be something about three days. And me personally, whenever I want to seek the Lord or do something, it's mostly three days. I do Monday to Wednesday. Those are mostly my three days. Or Friday to Sunday. Or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I got to give me three days. Let me go and do some consultation. And he went to consult the people that used to advise his father Solomon. And he told him that, Charlie, what the people have said is true. Do this and they'll be your servant forever. But the Bible said he forsook that counsel and he went to ask the people he grew up with. In other words, he went to ask himself because he went to people who were like-minded like him. And he told them that, this is what the people are saying, what should I do? And they told him to go and tell them that my finger <laughs> will be bigger than my father's waist. And if my father lashed you with whips, I will lash you with serpents. <laughs> Mr. King. And lo and behold, that was the advice he accepted. And that's what led the division of the kingdom. Now, the first thing you want to appreciate that we should not follow, that we should flee from, that we should make that we should make sure that we never repeat is this. Now, everybody takes advice. Everybody listens to somebody. And I've said on this podcast several that people who are addicted to so many things were addicted because somebody told them or somebody suggested it to them. People hardly do things without getting that extra push, that encouragement, that advice. So Rehoboam already wanted to do something evil, but all he needed to do was somebody to push him. So when he went to the old man and the old man did not confirm what he wanted to do, he went to people he knew would confirm what he wanted to do. People who he grew up with, that's as the Bible said, people who shared the same values as he shared. 
people who thought like him, people who reasoned like him. And this is the mistake many of us do. That's what the Bible says. Paul talking to us says that, and many people in the last days will gather teachers unto themselves who will tell them things they want to hear, people with itchy ears. And people are looking for pastors who would endorse acts that they are doing. People are looking for pastors who endorse gambling. People are looking for pastors who say it's okay to be an alcoholic. It's okay to misbehave. It's okay to rebel. It's okay to be dishonest. And they'll be giving it with motivational quotes and wise sayings. And this was the same thing that Rehoboam did. He was looking for people who would confirm what he already wanted to do. He just needed that little push. And there will always be somebody who will give you that little push, both to the good way and to the bad way, both to the right way and to the wrong way, both in God's way and the opposite direction of God's way. So many people already want to sabotage a man. Many people are looking for men, and because they are not getting, they already want to call somebody who is married, who is in a relationship, to impregnate them. All they need is that friend to tell them that, Charlie, right now, good men are finished, responsible men are finished. The only way you can get a responsible man is to look for somebody who is in a stable family and lure him to get pregnant. Look for somebody and be a fourth wife, be a fifth wife. The person already was going to do that, but all that person needed was an extra push and you would always find somebody to give you that extra push so Rehoboam was looking for somebody to endorse his behavior and sadly that's the same attitude many of us deal or relate with God with we already have our preconceived mind we already have our things we want to do and we go into the word of God for the word of God to endorse our behavior Sometimes you have already made up your mind. That's why people can use the Bible to defend anything, literally anything. Because they go into the Bible with a preconceived mind. And they are looking for ways to bend and twist and conjure and massage words to endorse what they want to do. And when we are looking at rightly dividing, one of the things we said is that we read the Bible for understanding, not from our understanding. We read the Bible for the Bible to change us, to mold us, not for us to twist and curve the Bible or the words in the Bible to suit our last. And that's the mistake that this guy did. We all listen to advice, but who do we listen to advice from? So Proverbs 12 verse 15 tells us that the way of a fool seems right to him. So Rehoboam already wanted to increase the burden of the people. So he just needed people or a person to endorse him. But the Bible said that, but a wise man shall listen to advice. And what the old men gave him was advice. What the young men gave him, where he, they were just endorsing what he already wanted to do. Many of us are not changeable by the word of God. And that's one sad reality. You wonder how people can go to church for years and still remain the same. Because for some reason, we have not allowed ourselves to be changed by the word of God. James tells us that before we can receive with meekness the engrafted word, we must lay aside all naughtiness, naughtiness, stubborn. We must lay it aside. It's a lay aside all naughtiness and superfluity of naughtiness. It's a lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness before you can receive with meekness. Many of us are not laying aside. We are holding on to our naughtiness. Some people cannot be changed. You'll be interested to see how people are so settled in corruption that whatever you do, they would always take money illegally. There is nothing you can say to change them because they have held on to a certain naughtiness, to a certain stubbornness. So no matter what the Bible says, 
against it. They would always find that one reason. And even when they do not find that one reason, they will be like, Charlie, I'm still going to do my thing. So you see many people who have been going to church for years, elders in church, leaders in church, um, music directors, prayer directors, whatever directors and leaders, but they do not allow the word of God to change them. And God is speaking to us tonight. He's saying that he allowed the story of Rehoboam to be written so that we will learn from it. It is like somebody who is solving a math question, preparing for an exams, and he solves it the first time he gets it wrong. And he goes to look at the answer, how it is solved. But for some strange reason, he refuses to follow the method the past paper gives or the solution to the answer. And he still repeats the same old mistake. So he solves it personally in his personal study time. He makes a mistake. He goes to class, at classwork, he repeats the same mistake. He goes to find the final exams, he repeats the same mistake. That is why the Bible calls this person a fool, because he seems right to himself. What he has solving is clearly wrong, but he has been able to brainwash himself, has been able to convince himself that my wrong answer is correct. And many of us have not allowed ourselves to be changed by the word of God. There are no matter what you tell some people, they will keep listening to profane music. They will still have those friends around themselves. But God is saying that it was written for your learning. God is saying that you must let the word of God change you. You must let the word of God change you. That is when Christianity will make sense. And I always wonder if you know you are going, they are not going to be changed by the word of God. Why do you burden yourself to keep exposing yourself to the word of God? There are some of us that are stuck in our ways and we still keep going to church and I'm saying, why are you worrying yourself? Nobody's forcing you. Nobody's forcing you, Rehoboam. There was no need for you to call the old men and listen to their counsel when you knew very well that you will reject the counsel, when you knew very well that you were already set in your own ways. So he just gathered people that would tell him what he wanted to hear. And these people were people he grew up, so he was indirectly listening to himself. And many a times, we look for the word that would endorse our behavior. You are already fornicating, so you are just looking for somebody to say, ah, even this pastor has done this, even this person has done this, who am I? Forgetting that we are looking on to Jesus. Forgetting that we are Christians, not pastor hands, or mensa hands, or kojo hands, or pastor so-so-and-so hands. We are Christians. And God is saying that allow his word to change you. Some of us are stuck in our old ways. We are unbendable. That's why marriages have become very difficult because people are refusing to change. People are refusing to be advised. People are refusing to be molded. And they'll say, that's the way I am. If that's the way you are, why do you use makeup? If you are nice the way you are, why is that on your wedding day you use makeup? Because we all agree to the fact that you always need that extra embellishment, that extra touch. So for your attitude there, it is the way it is. But for your face, you spend an hour before going to work just on touching your face. That after seven hours, six hours, you clean again. It does not seem as a burden to you. People are doing so sort of things to their bodies just to get what they term as an ideal body figure. But this same person is not willing to go through the grind, to go through the molding process, the bending process to be molded into that image of God. And God is saying that there will be a time that will come in your life where you'll be presented with the option to bend to the word of God or to reject it. But may God give us the grace to be corrected, to be changed, to be transformed by the word of God. You have not changed since you became a Christian. You still have those anger issues. You still gossip. You still gamble. You see nothing wrong with pride with that haughtiness of spirit, with that greed, with that lust, 
There's nothing changing about you. But God is saying that a wise person will listen to advice. The next thing that you need to learn from Rehoboam is to value people. And you see, everybody is somebody because of people. In a sense that the only reason why Cristiano Ronaldo is Cristiano Ronaldo is the people that support him. So there was a football coach I had, Alex Ferguson, a former Manchester United coach. And I heard a story about, I think one day they went to play a football match in a different town or a different city. And their supporters traveled all the way from London just to support them. And I think after the match, the supporters, you know, most of the time they were all outside waiting to either take a picture. That time I don't think social media was there as it is now. And there were these supporters who were in their numbers who wanted an autograph or a picture with these players. But the players quickly after the match rushed onto the bus. And I heard that Alex Ferguson was so angry. And he entered the bus and he started blasting them. That these people have traveled all the way just to see you. And the least you could have done is to at least come and wave. But all of you have rushed into the bus, forgetting that without these people, your salaries will not be paid. Forgetting that without these people, you will not become brand ambassadors for Pepsi, for, for, for whatever. And he sucked all of them down and told all of them to go and greet the people, shake their hands, take pictures with them, sign their autographs, be there for them. Because the only reason why they are paid that amount of money every week is because these people keep chasing after them. It's because these people keep cheering after them. That is why now in football matches, whenever a team plays in an away ground, after the match, they don't rush into their dressing room. They all go around and you see them waving their hands or shaking their hands or signaling to their supporters that they appreciate them. And this is a mistake that we repeat. We don't appreciate the people that made us who we are. We use people to get something, but immediately we are on that pedestal. We forgot that they made us who we are. Rehoboam forgot that he was only king because the people accepted. If you remember, they asked for a king. They told someone, give us a king. So the only reason why the monarchy even started was because they decided that they wanted a king. So the day that they reject a king, they reject you, you are no longer a king. And sometimes we forget so easily the people that pushed us to the top. Politicians forget so easily the people that voted for them. CEOs forget so easily the people that are working to build their vision. People forget so easily the people that built their dreams. So this guy forgot that the only reason why he was a king was because the people accepted. And the people said that, we dear, we don't mind you being our king. Reduce our burden and we will be your servants forever. And that's one thing many Ghanaian companies don't appreciate. They think that the way to keep people is to maltreat them. And I don't know which wisdom that is. A friend was telling me of a time when he was working in a company. And that particular year, they made a lot of profits. You know, they mostly have targets. And that particular year, they exceeded their targets way and mostly their bonuses or whatever, or mostly the excess of the profits or whatever. They give it to the workers as bonuses. And they wanted to give them a certain amount of money as bonus. But their HR, it was a, it was a foreign-owned company, I think owned by Asians also. And the HR was a Ghanaian. And instead of this HR to rather fight and encourage the owners to do more, the HR rather wanted to tell them that, oh, as for Ghanaians, if you pay them well, they will not work well. So this money you are giving to them, they will take you for granted. They will take you as a fool. So let's reduce it. Let's slash it. Whereas he, his money was increased. His allowances was increased. His bonuses was increased. But he said that for the rest there, if we do this, they will become like that. They will not respect. They will not work. They will take you for granted. And this is how many of us are. Many of us are like this. So for me, particularly, I always tell HRs that 
you are human resource not management resource many at times hrs become the voices of management instead of becoming the voices of the people and it's something that you can easily forget that the people that voted for us the people that are supporting us the people that cheered us the people that are building our vision for us may we never forget these people and because god is going to expand us god is expanding us god is blessing us god is increasing us and when you are at the top remember the people on whom soldiers you climbed on to get to the top now the last thing we want to learn which is very interesting which i told us to observe in the verse 15 or so yes so the king did not listen to the people for this turn of events was from the lord to fulfill the word the lord had spoken and this is something that we need to appreciate and it's something that i've said on this platform over and over again that we need to appreciate that the only reason why Rehoboam rejected the advice was because the lord had already given a prophecy or a word to a prophet that the kingdom was going to be divided there are prophecies floating in the atmosphere and this is something that we must appreciate there's a blessing and a curse floating in the atmosphere and you must purpose in yourself that you would always be on the blessing side of things the prophecy was that somebody would have to betray Jesus it did not have to be Judas the prophecy is that the blessings of Abraham are yours it has to be you and you see the reason why Rehoboam messed up was because God had predicted that the kingdom would have been taken or be snatched from Solomon or from the house of David and the condition was that it would not be during the lifetime of Solomon it did not have to necessarily be Rehoboam so there are prophecies there are curses and there are blessings in the atmosphere and we should not be ignorant of these things and see for Africans we really know this thing but we stretch this thing that now it has led us or it leads us to error in every house there's a blessing in the case in every family there's a blessing in the case last week when we were looking at Gehazi remember that after the prophet told him that he was lying the last verse says that and the disease of Naaman will come upon you and your children so automatically every descendant of Gehazi would be under the curse of leprosy not because of what he has done so if you go back to Romans 9 the disciples asked Jesus why is this man in this state who said was it the father or the mother and Jesus said it was neither the father nor the mother but that the glory of God will be seen Jesus did not deny the fact that there are conditions people are suffering because of their prayer and this is why you cannot afford not to be born again because as long as you are born into a human family the curse of Adam is already upon you that is why Jesus was not born of a man and a woman because if he was born by the union of a man and a woman he would be operating under the curse of Adam so that is why being a christian is the best decision you could ever take because automatically accepting Jesus you are translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light you are transferred from a region under the influence of a curse to the region under the influence of a blessing the blessing of Abraham that through his seed referring to Jesus in Galatians all the nations of the world will be blessed so immediately you accept the lordship of Jesus you are putting yourself at the right side of a blessing and there are blessings and there are curses which one would you take which one would you fulfill so after Judas had misbehaved and and Peter was addressing the people he said this this is that let his estate be taken and be given to another man so the prophecy was there that somebody would betray but Judas decided to be on that side of the prophecy which side are you on 
as long as you are an unbeliever, as long as you are not found in Jesus, as long as you are not in Noah's ark, the flood will destroy you. And God is letting us know that there's going to come a time in your life where you will need a blessing to speak for you, where you need a voice superior than a human voice to speak for you. That is why whether we realize it or not, whether we appreciate it or not, Jews are blessed people. Even though they are the most the most tormented group of people that have ever lived, just by the mere fact that they are Jews, they are enjoying a blessing. Almost, not almost, every, either a Jew founded it or a Jew is the current CEO because they have the blessings of Abraham. And these are the physical descendants of Abraham. It's automatic upon them. So despite the fact that Adolf Hitler tried to terminate the race and kings and kings after kings have tried to destroy them, the blessings of Abraham is still pursuing them. That is why they are the largest number of tribe or group of people that have become that are Nobel Prize winners, that are inventors. They have more patents than anybody else because of a blessing. And it's going to come a time in your life. And that's what Jacob knew that when he was going to see Esau, he knew that this one day, the curse of Jacob being a deceiver, a supplanter is still upon my life. That's why he had to be alone. And God, through an angel, came to wrestle with him and said, that, what is your name? He had to change his name from a curse to a blessing. Labor to be blessed. Because whether you realize it or not, a time would come that a voice would have to speak for you. And for many of us in Africa especially, the only voice we know is the voice of a curse. So always they are threatening us that your father did this, your grandfather did this, or whatever did. This may be true, and some of them are true. But as long as you are found in Jesus, you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. The blessings of Abraham are yours. The Bible said that he became a curse for our sake because the law itself cursed the every man that hangeth on the tree. So the curse of the law was put upon Jesus so that the blessings of Abraham would be yours. There are prophecies, there are words that have been spoken into the atmosphere. And all they need is a human vessel to execute these words. And we should not be ignorant of these things. But the onus lies upon us. Which prophecy are you going to fulfill? If you look throughout the scripture, there are so many prophecies, so many prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled. Which one are you going to be fulfilling? Which prophecy are you fulfilling? And you must know these things. You must be conscious of these things. And you must labor to be a blessing. You must labor. So Proverbs says that labor not to be rich. And automatically, you know that you're, everybody will say, hey, what are you saying? So the next line says that cease from your own understanding. Because everybody labors to be rich. But it says that cease from your own understanding. What are you supposed to labor for? Labor for a blessing. Because the blessing will speak for you. Whether you are in the country or in the fields, you'll be blessed. Whether you are in the town or in the village, you'll be blessed. Whether you are in Europe or in Africa, you'll be blessed. The blessing has no joy graphical limitation and that is what we must live for and god is teaching us through the past questions of life that there are two words floating in the atmosphere there's a blessing and a curse which one will you be and automatically as long as you find yourself in jesus you find yourself in the basket of god's choice you find yourself automatically enjoying a blessing and want to end on this note asking you where are you are you in Noah's ark or you are outside the ark are you in the basket of God's choice, Jesus? 
or you are outside of Jesus. Rehoboam was fulfilling a prophecy without his knowledge. And we, our lives, are also fulfilling prophecy. That's why Jesus said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will. And everybody that is permitted to walk on the surface of the earth is walking with the prophecy over your head. But which one is it? Which one is it? So God told him, Adam, that you have two choices. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. Which one would you accept? And God, through this discussion, He has gathered to us the wise old men who stood before Solomon to advise us. And what will your decision be? We're going to spend some time in prayer telling God that we choose to be a blessing. We choose the blessings of Abraham. We choose to fulfill the good portions of Scripture. We choose to be that wise son. The Bible said, A fool seems right in his own eyes. But a wise person will listen to our father. Father, we choose a blessing. We choose to fulfill the good scripture. We choose to fulfill the right prophecies. We choose to accept the good will of scripture. We choose to accept the pleasures in your right hand. We choose you, Lord. We choose the tree of life. We choose the blessing and not the curse. We choose to be a head and not a tail. We choose to be blessed in the field, to be blessed in the city, to be blessed in to be blessed out. We choose a blessing in the name of our Lord Jesus. Remind us of the truths that you have taught us tonight, that for our lady, that we through the patience and the comfort of the story of Rehoboam, we might have hope and make the right decisions. In the name of our Lord Jesus, remind us of these truths wherever life brings us this question. In that exams room of life, when we are confronted with this question, remind us, Lord, to choose the right answers. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. A common prophecy that is floating in the atmosphere is that honor your father and your mother. For this is right. For this is a promise. For this is the only commandment with a promise. This word is floating in the atmosphere, looking for somebody to catch it so that it will be well with you. Whether you are in America, it will be well with you. Whether you are in Japan, it will be well with you. Whether you are in Zimbabwe, it will be well with you. That is why when there was family, everybody was living and Jesus stayed. It was well with him because he was operating under a blessing. And we really labor for a blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for always coming to listen to the word of God, to be encouraged, to gather wisdom from the scriptures to help us live a godly life, to live us a life that is after the purpose of God for our life. And remember, we are still owing no man nothing. Pay all your debts quickly and remember to give God your best. See you next week as we look at the last character of our study for your learning. See you next week. Bye-bye. For your grace